Welcome to the Habits and Hustle podcast, a podcast that uncovers the rituals, unspoken habits, and mindsets of extraordinary people. A podcast powered by Habit Nest. Now here's your host, Jennifer Cohen. We have uh, the, uh, the founder and CEO of Mind Valley. For those of you, his name is Vishen Lakiani. Is that correct? Right. Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the name has an American pronunciation, but American teams seem to think it has an Indian pronunciation, so they overemphasize it like it's an Indian uh, name, but it isn't. It's really Vishen Lakiani. It's not Vishan Lakiani. It's Vishen Lakiani. Thank you. Okay, I'm just. I'm not going to say it again because I'm just. I don't want to. Just in case I got it right already, so I don't want to even start again. Yeah, you're good. Uh, all right, and uh, and he's the founder of Mind Valley, um, which is, I think, a very revolutionary uh, educational platform that's really about personal growth and really doing it very differently than almost any other platform. You are an extraordinary uh, educator. Um, I've, you know, I kind of deep dived into, you know, what happened. But it's actually kind of funny. Every time I was looking at one thing that you were doing, it took me down a rabbit hole that like, it took me all the way down something else. So I have like pages of different notes here that I wanted to touch upon with you because there's like just so much stuff that you um, you add value with. So his new book is called The Buddha and the Badass. Mm-hmm. Uh, great name. And um, let's let's get, dive right into it. Awesome. Yeah, and actually, I want to say that you wrote a book before, uh, of course, another book that I thought was excellent, and um, that book. Well, hold on a second. Where I got so many notes here. Extraordinary mind. Right. No, the quote of the extraordinary mind, and you speak about something called uh, culturescape in right. there. And I want to kind of start actually by you telling us what that is, and that can kind of bring us down a whole. You know, it could be a good dovetail into other questions I have for you. Okay, great. So the culturescape is a name I coined in my first book, The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. A culturescape is that tangled web of beliefs, cultures, rituals, practices that we exist in. Like a fish is swimming in water, but doesn't know it's in water because water is all around it. Human beings exist in their own cultural interpretation of the world, but they don't realize that it's nothing more than an interpretation. And so we think that that as Americans, certain things about the world are true. We think as Europeans, certain things about the world are true. We think as Chinese, certain things about the world are true. But we forget that very often in our culturescape, we confuse our beliefs, our rituals, traditions passed down by generations. We confuse what is relative truth with what is absolute truth. So many of us fall into the trap of believing, believing our culture is infallible believing that certain things which are optional are often seen as ridiculous by other cultures, we believe that that is real and true for us. Now, nothing wrong with this. Culture is amazing, but we got to be able to separate relative truth from absolute truth. And when we can do this, we can, we just show up and are able to make better, smarter decisions in the world. What I find interesting also, this was not something, you were an engineer, right? I saw something that you were like working for Microsoft for like 11 weeks and then you uh, you got fired. Got and fired. Kind of, right. <laughs> you got fired. And you were a meditation teacher. I don't know the chronological order. Uh, and then you, with no money, no backing of any uh, venture funds, you started Mind Valley. Right. Now, 
was like seven hundred dollars basically. It was what I, I and we just we just um, it now does a long journey, but honestly, what just happened is we we were we were about to hit a hundred million in revenue, no VC money, and we just this week closed our first investment deal. So now we have a large cash infusion, and we're now about to go public. We're looking at reforming the entire education system globally, starting with the American education system. That's amazing. And that's what I want to really get into. But I wanted to first, first of all, how much did you get? How much what was the funding? Um, we, I'm, I'm not sure how much literally I just signed it, but it was, um, we are on our way to becoming a unicorn company, on our way to becoming worth almost a billion. I, I'd say we're maybe two to three years, years away from there. That's amazing. And I saw also, what I want, I'm going to talk about this also. You, you're, you, what, you said something which took me down a huge rabbit hole, which was like, think 10 years ahead right. and speak as if it is, right. which I think is so smart, right? Because that's how people get stuck. They think of how they are in that moment versus the future. And I think that's a, a such a brilliant way to kind of right. uh, present yourself to the world, right? right? You know, as you want to be. But then, okay, so let's get back. So then what, like, what were you... What made you even think, you know what, I'm going to start this amazing revolutionary platform like Mind Valley. You got fired. You were a meditation teacher. Did you always have these uh, thoughts and ideas? Or no, did it what, 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 what happened? It wasn't a glamorous story. I, 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 came, from, you know, I came from a family where my dad uh, was a manager in a department store. My mom was a public school teacher. Um, we never really had like that much money. My dad started a small business, saved up to be able to send me to school at the University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. Huge college debt. Um, I wasn't an American citizen. I didn't have a scholarship. I wasn't the smartest kid. Um, but, you know, we really valued education. My mom, especially being a teacher. But when I graduated, I found that life wasn't what it was promised to be. I moved to Silicon Valley, the dot-com bubble burst. I got my first job. September 11 hit. That company went out of business. I was, I remember I worked all of October 2001. Company went out of business at the end of October, didn't even pay its staff. I'd worked an entire month, no salary because of September 11, because the right. bubble had burst. It was a shitty situation. I went through failure after failure after failure. I remember not being able to afford health insurance, not being able to afford car insurance and wrecking my car. I couldn't afford to fix the brakes. I hit a minivan. I owed so much money. I couldn't afford rent. I was sleeping on a couch. And I had this glamorous degree from the University of Michigan, $150,000 in, in college bills. And I was a fucking failure sleeping on a friend's couch two years later. I couldn't even afford rent. Now, that's how this started. What the, the question that I asked myself was, what was the point of this all? What was the point of that bullshit piece of paper from the University of Michigan? What was the point of working so hard for 12 years? What was the point of $100,000 in school fees? Right? I mean, back then in 1999, when I graduated, I remember my school fees were $21,000 a year. It's significantly higher now. I think it's about 50 to 60% higher mm -hmm. for the average American college grad. So the, the system is broken and it fucks us over and nobody questions it. So what happened to me was at the height of my failure, I got on Google. It was 2002. I got on Google and I was searching for hope and I found a class on meditation. I took the class and it, it transformed me. 
in the next four months, I got promoted three times. My life changed. And the change, the, the, the impact was so powerful. At the age of 26, I was all of a sudden vice president of, um, um, vice president of this company. One year ago, one year. So this was so September 11, 2002. They shipped me to New York to start the New York office in, in Chelsea Market, one of the most beautiful buildings in New York. It's the building that Google just acquired for something like two and a half billion. Mm-hmm. September 11, 2002, I opened the, the, the company's New York office because my boss was a, was a former military guy and he wanted to create jobs in New York. One year before that, I was broken sleeping on a couch. What was the difference? I went into meditation. I started learning all of these tools that we sometimes forget that the education system doesn't dare touch. Creative visualization, intuition, meditation, mindfulness, listening within, goal setting, all of the tools that are staple to personal growth that modern American education, for some stupid reason, ignored. Now, I worked at this company for 18 more months, and then I felt a calling. And that calling was, I don't want... (laughs) Millions of people going through the same, same struggle I did. We need to fix education. And I remember, I remember stumbling upon a quote by Nelson Mandela. And, and Mandela said, if you want to change the world, change education. So that's what I started to do. But I had no clue how to do it. First thing I did, I got certified as a meditation instructor. I started teaching meditation. For five years, I was just teaching meditation, tiny classes, 20 people in a class, um, and, 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 and stuff was tough. But then, as the pieces started coming together, Mind Valley emerged. And now, this is where we are today. And we are coming for the American education system. Five years from now, I believe if you are a member of Mind Valley, you will have better odds of success in life than having a Harvard or a Stanford degree. Now, what wow. do I mean by that? We are rethinking the entire model from ground up. A degree will not matter. Totally won't. We're looking at how to hack the human experience to get you what education promised you, but that they haven't innovated for over a hundred years. Mind Valley is building a system where you, we deploy into people the right education so you don't just succeed at your job, but you succeed at the fundamentals of life itself, from your spirituality to your love life to your health to your biology, to the way you connect with your children, to the way you connect with your soul, to the way you contribute to the world, to the way you lead. All of that, all of the different things that modern education forgets, we pick up and we deliver it in a very sophisticated way. Most of our our people, um, most of my team are engineers because we're building new models where we allow people to customize the education based on their goals. I can't even go into what Mind Valley is building right now because it's so freaking advanced. There is nothing like it out there. But mark my words, five years from now, you will have the choice of paying 50 grand to enroll your kid in Harvard, 50 grand for one year, four years of Harvard, or 600 bucks for one year of Mind Valley. And I bet your kid will be better off with Mind Valley. Now, this doesn't mean don't go to Harvard. Look, if you can afford it, do it. But don't not be on Mind Valley because you will miss out on the greatest product you can buy on the planet today. No, I I just- created is the number one product because it totally transforms you. So anyway, that's what I'm working on right now. 
No, I mean, that's, that's a mouthful. I, I mean, first of passionate. I get so passionate about what I'm doing. Well, no, you should. I mean, first of all, like I said, it really, you know, it was interesting. I have to be honest with you. I just have recently just um, kind of, kind of came to you guys and I had no idea you guys even existed. The only reason why I knew was I was on someone's podcast who was uh, a person who lives in the UK mm-hmm. and she was saying how she was now going to do something for Mind Valley. And I was like, what's Mind Valley? And she was telling me about it. So then of course I went to look, look into it and I was blown away. I'm like, how is it that I did not, like I, did, I had no idea that it, it, I had no idea. Like I, the only thing that I kind of compared it to at the beginning was like a masterclass, you know, that, you know, obviously you know, masterclass. Right. And then I started asking some people in my social circle, if you guys have, if they've heard of it in, in, in the U.S., never heard of it either. So then they went down the rabbit hole and now we're like, wow, how did I not know? Right. Now my, so, so my question is, could you live in Estonia? Right. Is it is it something that is um, a way bigger? Not like people just know about it more on your like no, in your actually, neck of the woods. Actually, fifty four percent of our customers are Americans, right? Um, but but the reason is we're not venture funded. We're not venture funded. Like if you look at right. it, like Calm. I mean, they 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 spend tens of millions of dollars every year just promoting themselves everywhere. We don't. Right. Right. So what we have to do is focus on a truly great product. But now yeah. word is spreading. So if you go, I'll, I'll, I'll show you something. If you're listening to this podcast, just open this up in your web browser. Go to stories.mindvalley.com, stories.mindvalley.com, S-T-O-R-I-E-S dot Mindvalley. And you will see our own customers are sharing case studies openly of how Mindvalley has transformed them. And, and you know, it, it, it's amazing to see once you get in, you want to bring people in. And so our customer word of mouth is becoming our best marketing right now. But we're not funded. Well, we just became venture funded literally on Saturday. Um, so what is going to happen next? Just watch what's going to happen next. I can only, so listen, I'm still like fascinated by the fact that, so how did it, be, how did you start gaining traction? So you had this idea, you really believed that the, the education system was broken. You were doing meditation. What was, how did you get from that to even the kernel of building such a huge platform where you have now what, 3 million users? Like what, how did you even get to like 1,000 viewers? How many do you have? 14 million. Yeah. Okay. Well, I saw something. I was watching you on Impact. You're growing that quickly. Right. I mean, because I saw. 3 million, it's gone up to 14 million. Okay, because literally in 2000, like last year, when I saw you or a year and a half when you were on, I think, Tom Bill Yu's podcast, who was online too, right. uh, it was 3 million. And now I didn't, how did you jump from 3 to 14 in we like launched, 18 We launched months? something called Mind Valley Masterclasses, right? So, okay. um, and, and we launched this before masterclass.com um, came into being. Uh, we actually borrowed the, the the name from Oprah. I think Oprah started using the word masterclass for yes. really powerful classes way back in like 2011. And, and it got really popular. These are free one-hour experiences with a Valley teacher, sometimes an hour, sometimes two hours, completely free. And, you know, we started getting, like, in the last one year, maybe 5 million people signed up for a masterclass. The year before, another 4, 5 million people signed up for a masterclass. So that's how we grew so fast in the last two years. So um, now the masterclasses are free. So I'm saying 14 million. Those are users on our system. But right. the percentage of that that pays for Valley All Access and now when you get all access, 
you get a total immersive experience. It's literally a new type of university designed to elevate every aspect of, of being human. You get an app where every month you unlock, you upgrade yourself with a world-class coach and you gain a superpower. It may be biohacking. It may be speed reading. It may be improving your love life. It may be improving your confidence. And you get a private network. Um, you can think of it as a more advanced version of today's social networks, but it's designed wow. for you to learn with other students, to meet close friends, to connect with people all in a safe way where we are not Zuckerberging your brain, you know, with right, ads right. Or other things to, to that, that actually lead to all the unhealthy effects of, of modern social media. Now, those are just the first two pieces. We have so many, we are attracting so much tech talent right now. We are building an AI layer that merges everything together so that in a few years, every Mind Valley student will have the equivalent of Iron Man's job is helping guide them in life. I'm talking about a full-on AI-powered augmented reality, reality interface that helps you navigate the world and learn in, in the most powerful way. Is, is it, okay, so how is it that you went from zero to even a thousand to two thousand? I know you're just because I, I, you're obviously very um, passionate about what you do, right? What was that first thing that you had to do? Like, how did you take your passion that you're so that? Okay, so let me let me break it down to you. In 2013, so Mind Valley started in 2003. That's when I registered the domain, the the, the company. Um, I I I. I started it with, uh, with a friend of mine um, and with my, my then wife, uh, Christina, and we didn't know what we were doing. We were dabbling in different things. We were selling meditation CDs. We built the world's second most popular social bookmarking engine. In 2005, we launched an app very similar to Instagram. Uh, it was called Blink Life. It ultimately failed because it was too early. Back then, camera phones mm -hmm. uh, just didn't really exist, right? Um, we, we launched an early version of Facebook in 2004, but we didn't have the venture funding. Um, see, what happened was Mind Valley started in Palo Alto in New York. But in 2003, the Muslim watch list was enacted in, in the United States. The exact same thing that Trump in 2016 was trying to launch, right? And I got put on that watch list and I had to leave America. So I had to literally, after living in America for 10 years, I had to go back to my home country of Malaysia. Or to my wife's country, Estonia. Um, so that was that's a real, why you're there. That's why I'm there. That's why I couldn't get VC funding. That stupid thing uh, slowed me down. Now I don't blame anyone. Look, September 11 had happened. Um, um, I love the United States. Um, America had to to enact policies, but it was a very stupid policy. Um, which is why when Trump wanted to bring it back in 2016, like so many Silicon Valley CEOs protested because brilliant people like me could no longer board certain flights. We had to go through two hour uh, interviews before getting in an airport. It was like freaking living on parole. Every 28 days, I had to report to the government for fingerprinting, for, to, for a mugshot. That was my life in America under this stupid, that stupid Bush era watch list. Obama ruled it unconstitutional in 2008, and it was no more. But I will not go back to America until that reality TV host who's posing as a president is away because I cannot risk another stupid anti-immigrant law like that disrupting my life. So when Biden wins, I'll, con I'll, I'll consider coming back. But right now, we are taking on the American education system from Malaysia and Estonia. And that was, we have that was employees 
and and I wish I could employ them in America and create jobs, but because of that stupid situation, we had to build our company in Malaysia. We built an American company in Malaysia. I pay American taxes. I pay more taxes than the U.S. president. But the entire company is built in Malaysia because that's where I had to start. That is the story. I had no idea because I really was kind of like, what? Estonia, right. why is it like? My camera to focus. Hang on. There's I know. Why is it so? It's, it's you got to focus right now. That's better. Right. I was curious. Why are you in Estonia? Like I kept on. I, I was not understanding this. And so. So, because you started in like the whole University of Michigan, the New York, know, all these. Know, right. So, so it was the watch list, and then and then Obama, bless his soul, got rid of it, ruled it unconstitutional. But then in 2016, when Trump was elected and top uh, the Muslim watch list, like why would I take that risk? You know. Yeah, I get it now. I didn't understand that, and then so then okay, so then you you that's so when when you went there though, even I would think it would be even more difficult. To build what you've built, so then how did you start getting was the traction? I know, I would imagine it was so very difficult. What I had to do this is what I had to do when I moved to Malaysia. The Malaysia, Malaysia was going through brain drain. Okay, so okay. so my friends told me like, why did you come back? You should have just stayed in the U.S. Who cares if you had to live in parole and report to the government every twenty eight days? I couldn't because it was against my principles. I given right. I loved America. I given and I still do. I love everything about America. Um, but I couldn't live like that. It was just blatantly yeah. unfair. So I decided that I was faced with a choice. And I remembered the words of Buckminster Fuller. He said, when faced with an intractable problem, you can focus on the problem or you can create a vision that renders the problem obsolete. So what I decided to do was create a vision to render my problem of being in Malaysia obsolete. I needed talent from the US. I needed talent from Europe. I was going to build an international company in a tiny Southeast Asian country with no history of, 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 of tech, so tech or startup. But what, so what I decided to do was set a clear vision in my head. I was going to create the world's greatest workplace by 2020. I got myself a 17-year on-ramp, right? 2020 just sounded cool. Now, as I started unfolding that idea, it started becoming true. By 2009, we'd moved into an office that was the most beautiful office in Malaysia. Um, we started attracting talent from all around the world. If you go to YouTube and you type in Mind Valley cover letters, you will see video cover letters from talent all around the world uh, applying to join Mind Valley. As we started attracting all of this incredible talent, we soon had 60 different nationalities in our office in Malaysia, and we were ready to take on the world. In 2019, our office got listed in Inc. Magazine as one of the top, top 10 most beautiful workplaces in the world. In 2020, I was asked to write a book on company culture. Um, I pivoted it to write The Buddha and the Badass. But that's what I had to do. I didn't have VC money. I, didn't, I wasn't in America. I didn't have access to talent. So I had to hack the global order to bring talent to me and reinvent work in that process. So what was it? What's that quality about you that you're able to like reframe things and be so effective? Like, is there because I mean, this is what, you know, entrepreneurs. I, I mean, it's funny. I saw again that you said something that you don't believe in hustling. Right. Like, do you think that's like an old, outdated way of like thinking and it's about going within? Right. Right. But in, in a way, like you, your, your path has been, you know, you've, you've had a lot of hurdles like you've had to kind of jump over to kind of become, to do this. Now, is that something innate in you that you just have such a drive, such a passion that, like, what is it about you? What's that one quality that you would say? It is the merger of the Buddha and the badass. 
I mean, my latest book, the one that hit number one in the Wall Street Journal, is called The Buddha and the Badass. It's it's the merger of those two. Read read the review books on Amazon, right? It's like a five star rated book. But what I propose in that book is that we need to shift the way we approach work and business. We need to merge two different aspects of ourselves. Badassery. Now, now, when, when you when you talk to me, you hear the passion. Like I am out to freaking change the world. You hear that passion, but if you just have that, but you cannot go inside and source ideas and source creativity and 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 be able to put yourself in states where you can just sit back and think and relax and not have to hustle, hustle, hustle. Then you're not activating both sides of your body. I try to merge both the Buddha and the badass. We all have it within us. But what tends to happen is that we either become too much Buddha, and it's all about a personal growth practice and a yoga and a meditation and going within. And let's not bother about politics and and you know and 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 let's not be capitalistic. Oh, it's all about badass. It's about hustle and disruption and changing the world and running for office and all of these other things. You got to merge both. And when you merge both. That's when something magical tends to happen. Um, it, it's almost a metaphysical state that I call bending reality. When you learn this metaphysical state to exist in this state of bending reality, it almost seems that luck is on your side. That the universe seems to unfold for you in the most beautiful way, and it's effortless. I literally mean effortless. That there are rules and ways to get there. And this is what I try to unpackage in the Buddha and the Badass. I'm not saying I have all of the answers for this form of self mastery, but I've learned at least nine powerful lessons over the last twelve years or so. And each chapter in the Buddha and the Badass, there are nine chapters in the book, is one of those lessons. It is spirituality applied to work. It is what you know. If you think about the great spiritual sages and saints of the world, like Buddha or Jesus. Or, or Patna Sambhava or Moses, if they were alive today, I think they would be politicians or CEOs, because that's how you change the world. And all of these individuals, they were not just like feeble. In the words of Ken Wilber, the the great American philosopher, the great spiritual sages and saints of the world were not feeble-minded milquetoasts. They were movers and shakers who rattled with the world with the force of their ego. Even Jesus brought a bullwhip into a temple. These individuals instigated revolutions and created mass social changes that lasted centuries. So I, the opportunity that we have right now, when we merge our Buddha and our badass nature. So, do you think that so people have like a certain? You do not believe that people have a certain personality, and then you have to you have to hone that person. You have to hone those things to kind of connect the two. I feel you're so intense. Like you're such an intense person. I'm actually, kind of not. I'm actually not. I'm just intense now because that is the mode I chose to be in right now. I'm in a hyper creative work mode right now. Well, no, and I think I think sometimes you need that intensity. I, I mean, look at my thing behind me: habits and hustle. You need. I felt. I feel like it's that passion, that intensity, that drive. It kind of moves the ball, right? Now, in your in your book, I mean, you talk a lot about your four values: your the transformation, envisioning, unity, and love. Those are like the core values, right? Um, and my, I guess, how does someone who doesn't naturally gravitate there implement those to be, to to kind of get to a higher self, to be more successful, not just on a professional level, but on a personal level? 
Right. So what you're talking about is a concept in the book called finding your soul print. It is the wow. idea that within all of us. So this, this is a very, very deep spiritual concept that I learned from a Sudanese refugee by the name of mm-hmm. uh, Dreamer Starlight. He, he changed his name when he was given asylum in, in Canada. Um, and interesting. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So his story is amazing. Um, but he, he taught me a process called the soul print. And it's about this idea that all of us are souls that chose to, that chose a human body. And all of our souls have a unique gift that we want to bring in the world. But most of us never learn to listen to that gift, especially in the Western world, uh, which yeah. values rationality over anything else. We often shut down what is, what is the unseen, the yeah. unprovable, right? But these, are, but, but these are important parts of our reality as well. And so the soul print technique is a way to understand what are the seeds of your soul? What are those values that your soul put in you so you can give your gifts to the world? And when you can identify your soul print and implant it in your business or your creation or your brand, that is when magic happens. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. Here's the interesting thing. Your soul print often comes from the suffering you experience in life. Your suffering can be the breadcrumbs towards you finding your mission. This is why Viktor Frankl said when when meaning is given to suffering, it ceases to become suffering. This is why the Rumi said the wound is the part through which the light enters. Your soul print is often discovered through your suffering. When you go through suffering, it often embeds in you a value. But then that value becomes so, if, if you dig deep and you find that that value is such a part of you, and you nurture it and you expand it and you play with it and then you implant it into your business or your creation, your business or your creation will explode. Remember, Steve Jobs was, he never spoke about this idea, but if you look at his speeches, you look at his biography, his value was design. His value was also intuition. Steve Jobs in his famous Stanford commencement address said, listen to your heart and intuition. They somehow already know who you are to become. Steve Jobs, when he went to read college, he studied calligraphy, he studied design. Now, if you look at an Apple product, you notice the merger of both of these values. Apple products are just so intuitive to use. They are just beautifully intuitive. They are so filled with design. I believe Steve Jobs was really aware of his soul print and he infused his work with it. Now, in my case, my, I have four values. The biggest one is unity. Unity means seeking to bridge the world, tearing down walls and building bridges. And you can see unity implanted in Mind Valley. If you walk into our office in Malaysia, it's shut down now because of COVID. But in a pre-pandemic day, there would be 60 different nationalities in that office. Now, here's the question, though. Right. And, and, and by the way, the, the diversity that we celebrate, the diversity of our teachers, the diversity of our community is one of the reasons people flock to Mind Valley. We attract people who are highly international and love culture, love diversity. Um, but can you see? Here's a question for you. Can you see where that what what would have given me that value, where that would have come from? Can you think about a past suffering that I just shared that would have implanted this drive for unity in me? Absolutely. You're basically kicked out of the country. for Exactly. Exactly. Which is why Mind Valley, as a personal growth company, as an education company, firmly speaks up for unity. We, we, we have been warning the world about Trump. 
about Bolsonaro, about Matt Helme here in Estonia. We don't stand on the frickin' sidelines. We stand up for what we believe. And when we started standing up saying, the President of the United States, we have to fight his, his stand up, I shouldn't say fight, but we have to stand up against some of his policies, his policies against refugees, his dumb wall building. Um, some people left us, but most of our audience saw that this was the right way forward. This is part of human evolution from petty ethnocentrism to world centrism, to seeing ourselves as part of a greater whole. It's a natural evolution of our species. And Mind Valley exploded onto the world stage. Right. I mean, it's funny because people always say stay away from politics because Ooh, they're going to lose. That, what was that? That's actually stupid advice. 75% of Americans want CEOs and founders to have a stand. People who say stay away from politics, by the way, um, in people who say, oh, don't bring politics into the conversation, they only say that when you say something they disagree with. Think about it. Right. No, exactly. 100%. I, no, I, I understand and I agree. But that's why I think everything you do is a, is, is a little different than the majority. Like even the way like your corporate culture. I mean, I, I was reading in the book and I was like, I want to work for Mind Valley. that like people don't have to. Go, there's no meetings until 1130 so, so, a.m. <laughs> so this is this is why this is why it's beautiful. Again, I'm just getting my camera to focus. This is why it's beautiful that you asked me about the culture scape. Because when you understand the difference between relative truth and absolute truth, you start to understand that there are no rules. All the rules are made up. Back to Steve Jobs, in one of his most famous talks, he said, as soon as we realize that the world around us is made up by people no smarter than you, that you can change things, that you can poke things, your life will never be the same again. What I did was I, I realized that corporate culture, as I'd read about in business books or seen on TV, right wasn't was was bs right um it, it it wasn't it wasn't necessarily true uh, there were no rules about how to dress or how an office should be designed or, or how you should interact with your co-workers so i just experimented i started breaking the rules and i found stuff that worked and if it didn't work i discarded it if it worked i i did more of it i did the same thing with my meditation practice with my health practice with my with the way i live my life with the way i write books and one by one, I started hacking every aspect of life. And, yeah. and, and if I found some, a hack that worked really well or a teacher that thought a really good hack, I brought it into Mind Valley and made it part of the Mind Valley education system. Yeah, no, I saw that. I mean, you just, you just launched, I think, the longevity hack with Ben yeah. Greenfield. Mm -hmm. And I was watching that. Right. Um, and of course, you did like Jim Quick a while ago, I think, with the, for the reading and for the super, like all that stuff. I mean, it seems it, what it seems like is like you basically find the people that you that, that you feel have the, the best hacks or the best kind of way of doing something. And then you basically um, explore it on your page and, and bring them in as a, in part of your cult, uh corporate culture community. Yeah, exactly. Now, and what we do is when we find, so, so Jim Quick, he, he's a speed reading teacher. So he's probably the best in the world at speed reading, uh, the best right. teacher. So we, we develop a program with Jim Quick called a Quest. This is a unique Mind Valley methodology. Quest are unique learning systems that in anywhere from one week to four weeks create a dramatic change in you. Now, a change that is typically classified as transformation. 
which means that once you you experience this change, you never forget it. You never go back to your old self. Your entire worldview shifts. And for example, with Jim Quick's test in study after study after study, sorry, in Jim Quick's quest, after three weeks of doing it, it's a three-week program, your reading speed will go up 270%. Now imagine what does that what that does for the average person when you can read practically three times faster and still retain the information your no, whole I know. life and career changes right absolutely i mean you're like a guinea pig i feel like you try out all these things and if you really find value or if it really changes your your life and basically optimizes your life right you will then implement it for your community and for your employees i'm a, like you've done I'm that a human guinea pig like everything about my life is is uh, is beautifully studied and optimized and um yeah i just enjoy doing that i'm a human guinea pig for for personal transformation more from our guests but first a few words from our sponsor do you have an idea but not sure how to bring it to life well you've got to try canva pro it makes design simple whether you think you're creative or not whether you want to create a stunning social media post or make it for some marketing materials professional presentations and videos canva pro is jam-packed with ways to simplify and speed up the design process It's rare to find one platform that's got so much creative needs covered. But with Canva Pro, you really do have everything you need. You just choose from one of the thousands of designer-made templates before customizing and sharing it, all in just a few clicks. Guys, if I can do it, you can do it because I'm the least creative person in the world and it makes it so easy. You can even do it as you go. There's an app. So start designing like a pro. Go to canva.me slash habits. Plus, with my unique link, canva.me slash habits, you get a 45-day extended trial. To start designing for free today, go to canva.me slash habits. That's canva.me slash habits. Note the URL has to be all in lowercase. Canva, design for everyone. And now to our next sponsor. So what is Green Chef? Green Chef is a USDA certified organic company that's making eating well, easy and affordable with plans to fit every kind of lifestyle. It comes in vegan, vegetarian, paleo and keto. And all recipes are so quick and easy with step-by-step instructions, chef tips and photos to guide you along. And with Green Chef's wide variety of high quality, clean ingredients, you can feel great about what you're eating and how it got to your table. I've been eating it now for over a month and not only Is it so easy to prepare and delicious, but the kids love it too. So it's a win-win. Go to greenchef.com slash hustle80 and use code hustle80 to get $80 off across four boxes, including free shipping on your first box. That's greenchef.com slash hustle80. There's a question that I think we asked you about, like, what is your daily, you know, your morning ritual? I know, I, I know your morning ritual now, like the back of my hand, but not only do you have a morning ritual, you have a literally of a system for everything during the day. Like everything you do is so systematic to kind of be the most efficient person basically on the, on the planet. Can we talk a lot? I, I want to talk to you about that. So Let's talk about your systems, your morning routine and why and how you save time, but not just your morning routine. Like I said, every single, 
you know, part of your day is systematically, um, it, basically not just planned, but just, um, I guess, coordinated to be as efficient as you possibly can <laughs> and optimized. I'm laughing because when some people hear about how I, how I live my life, I sound like a, like a freak. No, you don't, though, because I, I tell you, I was watching this thing you're doing with the, you know, you were doing your pull-ups while you're on a call, right? Yeah. Because when people can't see you, right. I was doing that like 15 years ago and people would, like, people would come into my house or my office and they think I looked like a frat boy because I had all these like weird, like weird, like apparatuses. But the truth of the matter is it's efficient and it works, right? And it's, it's like, why waste your time by sitting? That's why I wanted to have you on my podcast in real life because I don't believe in this type of podcast where we're sitting down sedentary. We do it on a treadmill and we people, we walk and you talk at the same time. So you can be as efficient as possible. Behind you? We have two treadmills. That's oh my God. You, you fellow freak you. I like that. Yeah, cool. Exactly. I don't do anything. I, I try to maximize my time as much right. as possible. Right. And so, you know, and that's why I was saying like, yeah. I don't, this, this is very uncomfortable to be sitting here you know, for an hour yapping while I can't move. I have a thing on my door, the pull-up like a pull-up thing. That's so when I'm great. on calls too, I did that forever. So like, and people think I'm crazy and it's not very like girl-like to do it, but it's, you know, it works. So, um, okay. So anyway, let's talk about your, your morning routine and we can kind of go into the other routine. Right. Okay. So, it, so I start my morning. Um, um, well, actually, let me start by how I go to bed at night, okay? Yes, the night routine. That's great. I'm just going to yeah. prepare everything right now. When I, I go okay. to bed at night um, at a specific time, so I... What time? Aura ring, uh, typically 11.30 to 12.30. I use an aura ring to track my sleep. And so I learn every every morning when I wake up, I check my aura ring and I, you know, I, I you kind of learn. Like over time, you start learning. If you ate ice cream while watching Netflix one hour before bedtime, what does that do to your heart rate? I actually figured it out. Like my heart rate goes up by about two beats per second if I eat ice cream before going to bed. So not necessarily bad. And uh, as much as I love health, I am not giving up ice cream. So that stays. But it means <laughs> I know what it's doing to me right now. So um, I, I, when I go to bed at night, I will take magnesium. If I had a really stressful day, and that happens to me, oh, at, right? I will take CBD oil. Uh, CBD oil is amazing. Oh, I'm waiting for more countries to legalize it. I have a ritual of gratitude. And I ask myself, what magic did I notice in the universe today? Like, what did I notice with serendipity, with coincidences? How did the universe support me today? And I give appreciation for that. So it's a little ritual I do. Um, I have a dream journal by my side. I'm trading myself for lucid dreaming now. So if I wake up in the night and I have a dream, I, I write it down. I put in an aura ring. I take two supplements, magnesium, um, which really helps you sleep better, or CBD oil. If, if I really need it. CBD oil is, is wonderful. It's a relaxant. Um, and more countries need to legalize it. It is, it is incredible. I wake up. In, uh, so I've, I've timed my sleep. I know I need about 7 hours, 15 minutes of sleep. So I always wake up at 7 hours, 15 minutes. And for the first two hours, I will meditate. Now, the form of meditation I do is called a six-phase meditation. Um, I designed it myself. It is an optimized form of meditation that has gotten very popular. And it's now used by athletes in every major American sports team. It's free online. So Google it, get it. But it is, it is I believe it's the most powerful meditation out there. It's a, it's a stacking of six different principles of transcendent practices 
from a white array, from the silver method, from Zen Buddhism, that transforms the way you show up in the world. So the sixth phase is my secret weapon. So I do the sixth phase, and then I typically will, I will shower. Um, I'll take supplements. There are about seven or eight supplements I take every morning. Uh, they, range from they range from vitamin D, vitamin C, um, multivitamins, um, and, and, and a couple of other, uh, a couple of other su su supplements. 5-HTP is, is incredible. Um, and then, you know, you customize supplements based on what your, your outcomes are. I'm a brown skinned person in Northern Europe where there isn't much sun. So you got to take vitamin D, right? Especially in, in the age of COVID. Um, and so you, you, you have to, to, to hack your supplement practice to your own needs, to your own biology. But the important thing to remember is that today, the food that we eat is not as new, as nutrient dense as it was for our grandparents. And so some form of supplementation is necessary, especially if you live in the United States. But wait, why do you take 5-HTT? I mean, that was something I thought you'd take it at night. You take yeah. it in the morning? I take it in the morning. Yeah. So you, you can, t I, from what I know, from the research I've done, I don't think the science is exact, but today we know that 80 to 90% of 5-HTP is produced in your gut right mm -hmm. your gut microbiome it, it elevates your moods it makes you less resi uh, uh, less it makes you more resilient to stress it elevates your moods and at night it helps you sleep better right that's why people take it at night yeah i take it at the morning because it actually gives me better focus and better fluidity at work what i mean by fluidity is you can write the bumps right when you're a ceo there's going to be bumps every day something may break something may collapse you you get to write the bumps better which is why i like taking 5 hdp in in the morning do you ever take ashwagandha? Is that what it's? Uh, am I pronouncing it wrong? No. no. Uh, now, now the um, now the the now they are underlying systems. My nutrition system is very much influenced by WildFit, which is the best the best health transformation program out there. It's now part of Mind Valley, um, and then my 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 life envisioning system is Lifebook by John and Missy Butcher. Again, it's now part of Mind Valley. When I discover something really great, I just want to go and I want to. Um, license it or build upon it or work with the with, with the with the inventor and make it part of the overall mind valley platform and then i reduce the price like with lifebook we brought the price down 95 percent with um with one wow. we brought the price down by by almost 60 70 percent uh, because we want to get it and we make it better and we want to get it out to more people so how I, do you I, do that how do you do that i find that? programs and then i want to change the world so i got to lower the price so it scales yeah if so it scales scale it, you build in economies of, of, of uh, scale, you can lower the price. Right. But I'm saying like, if you're buying a program from somebody who's already selling it on their own platform or do no, you no, tweak no. it, in, I, tweak I it enough? exclusive rights. Walford is exclusively sold through Mindvalley. Lifebook is exclusive okay. through Mindvalley right now. Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, and then we typically grow the programs. Um, so Lifebook and Walford and any living human being needs to be on these programs. Like just don't do any other diet. Um, Walford will transform your life. So that governs how I eat. And, and Lifebook is a hundred page book of my life vision. So I know exactly how I want to live, how I want to show up, what type of life I want to lead, um, how, what I want my company to do, how much I want to travel, what is my relationship with my kid. Everything is written down. I don't have a business plan for my company. We have OKRs, obviously, but I haven't written a business plan in, in, in many years. But I have a superbly clear business, a, a life plan for my life and how I show up and how I experience being alive. And it's so not just long. 
Not to interrupt you, I just want to ask you a question before we go further into your uh, systems. Uh, wild fit, your diet. So can you give us a couple principles that you, how you eat that, that, you, that people can learn more about it if they go see wild, if they go and check out wild fit? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's honestly so, so complex. Um, but, but, but basically, so wild fit isn't so much how you eat, it's retraining your biology so you become, you burn fat rather than sugar. So you don't need sugar. You don't need sugar for energy. Right. Like, you know, some, so many people are fooled into the idea that you got to go work out and you got to take an energy drink. No, that's bullshit marketing. All of us carry a quarter million, a quarter million emergency calories in our body, a quarter million. This is why you can go three or four days without eating, right? But yeah. your body doesn't have access to those calories because when you are on the American diet, you train your body to expect to burn sugar. A sugar is in 74% of any product in, an, in the average American grocery store. That statistic is from Dr. Mark Hyman. So what you want to do is, while it puts you on, on um, it's not ketosis. Ketosis is, is actually one of the least efficient forms of dieting. While it actually retrains your body so you're able to access the extra calories. Now, as a result, you start burning the fat around your body. And as you have access to that fat, a couple of other things happen. It doesn't mean that you give up wine or you give up sugar. I still take sugar. I still take wine, but in vastly smaller quantities. I used to be, I mean, it, at my worst health, I used to drink two glasses of wine a day, 14 glasses a week. Now, you know, if I'm enjoying a good movie, I'll have half a glass of wine and that's enough for me. But at the same time, my body is able to tap into my fat reserves. So it's been four years since WildFit, um, and I haven't significantly put on a lot more fat. Um, I mean, I, I've gone up by one percentage point under the pandemic. Are you basically more, is it more being metabolic, metabolically flexible? Is that what you train people to do or to be? No, the, the, the concept of, of metabolism is a very inexact science. Calories is just bullshit. I mean, it's a, it's a very simplistic way of looking at the world. It's really about, think about it this way, rather than getting your body to expect sugar as a constant source of fuel, you tap into your excess fuel reserves. While it trains your body to, 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 rebalance in a unique way. Again, it's, it's complex. I, I, I'm not qualified to explain it because I'm not the instructor. The instructor is Eric Edmeads. But go to mindvalley.com forward slash wildfit. It's all there. Okay. I'm curious about this too, because here we talk a lot about being metabolically flexible and people do a lot of fat, a big fat. And I'm sure, and now you talk about it too, about intermittent fasting or just fasting in general. I know that you said that in part of your morning routine is you eat breakfast. Uh, it's like what you eat, you eat breakfast two days a week, you fuel two days a week, and then you fast two days a week or yeah. something it, like that. And, and yeah, but so once you're on WildFit, you can fast really easily because your body gets the gets the energy it needs from your fat reserves. So if you decide, so sometimes I wake up in the morning at seven thirty. I will not have a meal until one, and and my previous meal was maybe ten p.m. So what is that? That's almost like a um, 15 hour fast. And, yeah, 15, 16. Yeah, and, and I have no issue with that because my body is WildFit compliant. Like everyone, especially in the United States, everyone has to be on WildFit. Like it will just change your life. And it also improves your, your health. My hair got a lot thicker, you know, like most men over 40, you start seeing hair fall out, but my hair got a lot thicker. My skin cleared up. It has been remarkable for me. I look fun. If you Google pictures of me before 2016, I look like a different person. 
I know. I saw. Yeah. I saw. I mean, you seem tiny though. Like you seem like you really kind of like shredded your body and you're like, like, like one but you little know machine. Yeah. But, but, but you know what? That's the way the human body is meant to work. If you look at indigenous cultures, like no one is bulked up. Um, no one is bulked up. No one has, has that much excess fat because you don't want to, you, you don't want to buy into this new normal. I used to have a dad bod. You don't want that. You don't want no, that. No, you do not want that. You, yeah, you, nobody wants that, but we accept it. But when I had a dad board, I accepted it. I mean, I accepted it. I'm like, oh, this is just normal. I'm the father of two kids. Um, but you don't, but, but you can shift that. So that, that's really, really, really important. Now, the next thing is this. I then go and I get on Mind Valley All Access and I watch a 20-minute quest episode every single day. Right now, I'm studying Ken, Ken Wilber's integral theory. Uh, prior to this, I was studying speed reading. Prior to that, I was studying Marie Diamond's Feng Shui. On Mind Valley, when you're part of Mind Valley All Access, and that's just mindvalley.com, go check it out. There are so many different programs. You decide what is best for you. Um, and every day you watch 20 minutes. And at the end of every month, so 20 minutes is nothing, but it's the way our teachers teach that makes it so dynamic. At the end of the month, you're a new person. So by the end of this month, I'll be able to read significantly faster and i will be trained in integral theory and in feng shui which is kind of interesting <laughs> me oh my gosh you're like such a renaissance man um okay so then continue with your i want i'm going to ask you more also about your uh, six phase meditation but i think it's it's in the book you talk about it in the buddha and the badass but people can go to mind valley but um because would you say though if someone's if someone's doing in your opinion a form of meditation that's fine too, because I think you're a big meditation person. Meditation, yes, meditation is great. Uh, but again, just like exercise, you can optimize it. There are optimized right. forms of exercise. Uh, super slow strength training is what I recommend um, for the gym. Mind Valley has a program coming out called 10X, which is based on the work of Doug McGuff, who wrote the book Body by Science. You do not, most people over-exercise in the gym. You can get the best results you can get in under 30 minutes a week. It's amazing. I saw it, that. You're talking about mind blowing for people, but they don't understand. But again, if you if you think if you think this is if, if you think this is hard to believe, just pick up the book Body by Science by Doug McGuff. All the evidence, all the data is there. Okay, so, so super slow, right? It's called super slow training. It's called body by science. It's the scientific approach to to optimizing your body. But it's, but it's basically doing super slow resistance training. Super slow, super slow, yeah, super slow resistance training. So Mind Valley has developed a program on that. Um, uh, we look at, we're inspired by Doug McGuff's work, but also works of like countless other researchers and pioneers, and it's called 10X. 10X. It's, yeah, it's coming out, coming out in December. Um, so that's how I use the gym. I go to the gym two to three times a week. Um, I take jujitsu classes now with my son one, once to twice a week and between, and then I'm not allowed to start work, um, until 9am. So I wake up at seven. And for the first, because I'm so, I love my job so much, I want to dive straight in, but I do not, I've stopped allowing myself to go to my work. I need to first focus on myself, on my health, on my well-being, on, on, and you know what's, what's the latest thing I'm really into? Tidying up. I don't know if you've read Marie Kondo's The Magic of Of course, Kondo. of course, that yes. so freaking zen, just, so I love cleaning my own house. It's kind of weird for a guy, right? But I, I just kind of like it. And, and so every day I make a little tweak to my living space. Every single day, my home gets slightly better and better and better. And, um, and then at 9 a.m. I start work and then 
I go deep into work all the way until uh, 7 or 8 p.m., 7.30. Um, that's when I go see my kids um, or I go out with friends. My kids stay primarily with their mother, and that's like a five-minute bicycle ride away. I walk a lot. I, I As I work, I'm often um, on, on my bicycle. I love living in a small little European city because you just cycle everywhere or you walk everywhere. Um, so I don't own a car. I hope I never have to own a car. I walk and I bicycle. I'm very carbon neutral. Wow. So you're be- this is amazing. Maybe everyone should move to uh, Estonia. Yeah, it, it sounds like a nice it, life. It's also the, the, the city with the highest concentration of entrepreneurs per capita, highest concentration of startups per capita, unicorns per capita. I don't mean, I don't mean the horse with the horn. I mean like I companies, right? There's more density here right now than Silicon Valley. And of course, I mean, I love Silicon Valley. I used to live in San Francisco, but on Estonia is the place to be. And then now you can hack life by getting a digital nomad visa. So the government just announced they're, they're doing the opposite of what Trump is doing. Trump is saying, we don't want foreign looking people in our country. Estonia is saying, come on right in. So anybody can apply to a digital nomad visa and come and live in Estonia, start a business here. And this is also now the most technologically advanced nation in the world. So everything is super streamlined and super high tech. I never, I didn't know that. Wow. There's an app. You can call a Tesla to come pick you up anywhere. Um, They have their own version of Uber here called Vault. There are scooters everywhere. You scoot around. In some districts, they are testing out robots like R2D2 that deliver mail. Uh, there are buses now that are self-driving. You vote. You you cast your vote by sticking your Estonian ID into your computer. You pay taxes in five minutes flat. I pay my taxes in five minutes flat. Everything wow. true. You stick. You everybody has an ID card. Americans have this idea that having an ID card means that the government can track you, which honestly is kind of bunk. In Estonia, by having an ID card, the government was able to save two percent of GDP and reinvest it back because. So much inefficiency is eliminated. Oh my gosh, this is amazing. I had no idea about that. And, and now Estonia has the most advanced uh, digital operating system for government. They are now licensing it to other countries. Um, and then again, it's socialized medicine. So it's the best. Americans have this belief that socialized medicine is bad. No, it's so cheap here. So I'm getting everything fixed. I just had a torn meniscus fixed. In the US, it yeah. cost me eight grand. Here it was 900 bucks. Um, Oh, I know Canada's like that too. I'm like I said, yeah. I'm Canadian, and it's like people don't understand yeah. how much better a socialist, uh, like that that type of medicine is, and then so much more superior. And then here's the best part, right? People think, oh, socialism. I bet they tax you. I bet entrepreneurs hate it there. No, we have the highest concentration of startups and entrepreneurs per capita in the world. Tel Aviv is second. And guess, yeah, yeah. What, guess what? My taxes are. Take a guess. Uh, $750. No, I'm joking. Yes. What is it? <laughs> 20% flat tax. 20%. There's no progressive taxation. It's a 20% flat tax. Are you kidding? Yes. No, I mean, so it's, why are, it's, it's, it's I mean, insane, right? I had no, why are more people, I guess maybe the weather, it's, it's pretty cold there though, right? Um, well, it's, I mean, it's, it, it definitely is cold. This is Northern Europe, right? Yes, it's definitely cold. But at the same time, it's beautiful during the summer. We're having a bit of an Indian summer right now. So, you know, last weekend it was like um, it was really warm and sunny. Um, but Estonia is so it's so Christmassy, right? Yeah. Never, yeah. Like, I've never the coldest never bothered me. Oh, well, then you're lucky. How many, how many people actually live there? What um, is the 1. population? 1. 4, 1. 4 million. I lived in Michigan for four years. Michigan is freaking cold. 
minus, yeah, 40, minus 40 in winter with wind chill. Estonia never really gets like that. It's, well, I was going to say, I'm from like, Toronto, so I mean, it's pretty cool. Michigan and Toronto are very, yeah. very. It's yeah. kind of the same weather, right? So oh, yeah. I'm, used to, like, I'm used to like minus 40 degrees Celsius with wind chill. Um, so Estonia never, never gets, never really gets that cold, but at the same time, it's Christmassy and it's, it's so beautiful. Wow. I didn't know that. that this, this is a great uh, advertisement for living in Estonia. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Estonia is the place to be in the middle right now in the world. And by the way, um, COVID regulations here, um, the, the government took, did a really good job um, making COVID testing super safe, super fast. It's four and a half minutes in and out to get a test. You make a booking online, you take a Uber there, or here we what? call it vault, four and a half minutes in and out, and it's free, right? It's free. Um, so This is amazing. I want to move. So no, one's, no one has to wear a mask anymore. Nobody has to wear a mask anymore. So life is just back to normal. Wow. Which so, is why I moved here from Malaysia, which is in shutdown mode right now. Yeah, exactly. And so you're, okay, so, wow, this is, I've got Google, a million. If you're listening to this podcast, Google Estonian Digital Nomad Visa. Digital Nomad Visa. It is this lie in our culture scape that we belong to a country. No, let countries compete for you. Estonia is competing for you. America right now is doing something really isolationist and stupid. They want to cut down H1 visas. They want to cut down the number of immigrants. So people like me who run American companies can't even hire in America right now, right? But in Estonia, they're like, we want the best and brightest here. So, so many Americans are moving here right now. It's amazing. It is kind of backwards thinking if you really think about that, right? Like you'd, you'd think that you'd want the best in the brightest to be part of right. your country, right? Yeah. Not the opposite, right? It's, um, it, it is actually quite amazing and, that that and, happens. And venture capital is going up here. Yesterday I met, um, I, I met a member of the government and he's like, okay, we have a $200 million to invest in clean tech. Do you know any companies? Um, and, and, and so I'm telling all my friends, look, if you're building a clean tech company, get your butt to Estonia, build it here. They're building an entire biotechnology neighborhood where they're hoping to attract a thousand startups. Um, I mean, you got to be able to deal with a bit of cold and winter, but again, it's, it's so amazing. Everybody you meet in cafes and restaurants, the conversations are as thrilling as in Silicon Valley. That's amazing. So then let's get, can we just talk about your system still? Cause I'm still fascinated by oh, those. I, I as, much as, as much as That's I love Estonia and I, and I think it's fascinating and I think it really is actually something right. I'm sure from this podcast, you'll get a few people moving there at yeah. least, if not so, just me, but yeah. And if you move, and if you move here, just message me on Instagram at vision. So, so because I'm such an avid learner, I, I build mind Valley to suit my learning habits. So recently I decided because I was moving to Estonia, I wanted an app where I could meet other entrepreneurs and meet other people who see the world like I do and are just passionate about personal growth, about building companies, about changing the world. So we launched a new app called Connections by Mind Valley. It's now part of Mind Valley. It is our own social network to compete with Facebook. So I'm no longer on Facebook. I have my own social network and I'm slowly letting people in. And for example, if I need to, let's say I'm bored right now and I want to have dinner with someone, I can just search and see who's available within, say, five miles from me. Um, click, see their profile, send out a dinner invite. And, and then now we're building an AI algorithm to do introductions. So every morning when I wake up, I will get introduced to one new person in the city that I can meet for business or because we share a common interest. 
and and I'm opening up this app to everyone who's part of Mind Valley. So I'm doing wow. the world's most advanced human matching engine. How do you have time? Okay, so what do you, how do you have time to sleep even at like eleven? Seven hours and twenty five minutes. Uh, seven hours and twenty five minutes every single day. So is your ex wife still involved in Mind Valley? Because you said yeah, you guys started yeah, we're, we're together. Great yeah, she lives. Yeah, she lives um, like a four minute bike ride away. Do you have a girlfriend at all, or just are you, are you married? Is it confidential? I mean, I don't know. You tell me. I too much about my private life. Oh, well, listen, you tell me much you love Estonia. I mean, I would wonder if in, in all those great people there, you would have met somebody or maybe not. No, so I'm, busy. I'm, no I'm, I'm, I'm not in a relationship right now. I'm not looking for a relationship. Um, I, I came out, I mean, dating, yes, but I'm not looking for a relationship. I was married for 17 years and it was, it was wonderful. But as I, as I, you know, I, um, I chose to be, I chose to be by myself because I felt this was the best way for my soul to evolve and for me to really embrace personal growth. I still see my kids every single day, um, but we did what is sometimes called, um, the, the, the phrase for it is conscious uncoupling. Yeah, didn't Gwyneth Paltrow come up with that like no, actually, five years um, ago? Actually, actually, the person who came up with it is Catherine Woodward Thomas. She wrote a book called Conscious Uncoupling. Um, it's now a program. Oh, right. Valley. Gwyneth Paltrow was just the most famous person who oh, yeah. um, who 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 brought that that word out. I was the second person who brought that word out and and got it a lot of attention when my wife and I did a conscious uncoupling two years ago. Wow, well, and 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 so it's been working out well for you, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's and more importantly, it's working out for the kids. That's the most exactly. important thing. So for How example, old are your kids? so yeah. for example, when I when I got married, Christina was wonderful enough to move to Malaysia with me, right? And then um, after we did the conscious uncoupling, even though I have a massive company in Malaysia, I'm a CEO, 250 people, she wanted to move back to Europe. And it's important to us that we are in the same city. So their kids have both parents. So I'm like, okay, no worries. You choose wherever you choose, I will move there. So she decided to move back to Estonia. I, I came here and I'm, I'm actually at first I was I, I wasn't sure that I was going to like it. But now I'm freaking loving it. Wow. Would you ever move back to the US if things change? Well, Right now, it depends on where my, my ex-wife wants to move because I want to make sure that my children have both parents in the same city. So until my daughter Eve goes to college, which is, um, um, I mean, until, until or rather until she moves out of the home because Mind Valley might, will probably make college irrelevant 10 years from now. So that's probably like 12 years away. I can't, I can't, like, what, what, I mean, I was going to say your mom, like, what do they think about, like, what is your, what do they think about what you've done? No, I think they, most, they must, people, most people just think I'm crazy. And so why, I have to think about what I'm doing. They thought, they think, they think a lot of people, they think they thought Steve Jobs was crazy, right? Like, it seems like you're, they, th they thought Elon Musk was crazy when he wanted to build a world on, in, on Mars, well, right? You so, got to gotta be crazy to want to change the entire global education system. Absolutely. And what is your ultimate goal with that? You want to get into a hundred different, tell me what, what is your no. ultimate goal? You want to know the ultimate goal? Two things. What? Number one, make humanity net positive to nature. We are going into a self-destructive mode as our species, as a species, and we need to become net positive to nature. Now, what this means is that for every year human beings are on the planet, our planet becomes better off. That's goal number one. This means living in compliance, in harmony, with nature and with each other. Number two, create an earth-centric global identity. 
This means the number one flag, the number one identity we have is as fellow citizens of planet Earth. Our nation, second. When an American is traveling around the world, first flag is the Earth flag. The American flag, second. Now, I know that that sounds really offensive to some people, but we have to get there. If you've ever watched Star Trek, Star Trek gave, gave us a glimpse of that future, Earth Federation. We have to get there. It's not going to happen for 150 years, but we want to start getting what is called Earth-centered identity out because only when we start coming together as a species can we start collaborating to solve global problems like climate change or climate instability. And only when we do that can we have agreed upon rules for politics so we stop voting in dangerous fear mongers like Bolsonaro or Trump or even in Estonia, uh, Matt Helme, who's an absolute clown who got power in the Estonian government. And I'm trying to get every entrepreneur here to speak up against him because he said, he basically said, you know, black people shouldn't be allowed in the country. He said women shouldn't be in, in politics. He wants to take away a woman's right to abortion. He wants to take away gay marriage. And so we as a species have to say, I'm sorry, but we're not going back to the 1940s. And, and Earth-centered identity is a, is, is, a, is a marker. It's a compass direction that shows us how we can collaborate. Leaders don't build walls. They build bridges. And that's right. what we have to be thinking about. Wow, I mean, this is amazing. I, I know you have to run to your jujitsu, and I'm just going to ask you one more question, and then we can finish it some other time, okay? Right. For entrepreneurs and to be for for efficiency, can you give me one more system that you do during the day to make to be as efficient as possible? We know your morning routine, we got your night routine, we got your supplements, your diet is mine. We got it. We got all that. Give me something during the day that you do. Okay, so I don't, do phone calls. I don't do phone calls, I don't do emails, I don't even really do Slack. Anyone in my team who wants to reach me, they send me a WhatsApp message. It can be typed out, it can be a 90-second voicemail, I reply. Now that process is a process I design, it's called OODA looping. It's a rapid way to make decisions in the shortest amount of time. So you make decisions fast and you move projects forward in the shortest amount of time without unnecessary meetings or phone calls or time wastage. So that's through WhatsApp. Um, yeah, you, can use, you can use any system, right? Yeah. The idea of OODA looping is rapid decision making, not when you're uh, making a decision, not when you're 100% certain, but when you're 90% certain. So making tons of micro decisions every single day to innovate forward. So, so basically, it's just like a voice message then, or just like a that is a text though, isn't it? If someone asks you a question, you have to respond, yeah. isn't that? And here's the thing I don't do phone calls anymore. So it's just a voice message, basically, you give yeah. people. Yeah. Um, and and there, there's more nuance to it. There's more science to it. I talk about it in one of the chapters in the Buddha and the Badass. It's called the unified brain. It's a way. So I have maybe 400 people working at Mind Valley. It's a way to be able to have everyone plugged in very rapidly so that we can sync as a team and move forward fast. And especially in the pandemic, it's been really challenging, right? With people yeah. all around the world with borders closed. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's allowed us to, to grow despite the chaos. I love that. I really liked your book actually. And I'm not just saying that cause you're sitting here, the Buddha and the badass. Uh, I don't want to say your name again. If I say it wrong, Vishen Lakiani. You said it. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, thank God. Woo. All right. The founder, he's dropped the CEO. He doesn't like that. I was going to ask you about why you dropped the word CEO, but I guess you want to tell us really quickly why you don't want yeah. to be called a CEO? All right. Now, so I'm, I'm, I'm back to having that title again now that we just raised a, <laughs> raised a round. And an exorbitant number, uh, amount right. of money. 
Okay. So now he is the CEO and founder of Mind Valley, which I, I, I really can't stress enough is a really fantastic online platform for for learning differently, uh, personal growth. It will take you down a rabbit hole, I promise you, a good rabbit hole. Um, can you tell everyone where to find you? And yeah, so, um, so follow me on Instagram at Vision, V I S H E N, and subscribe to Mind Valley All Access at mindvalley.com forward slash access, A C C E S S. That's amazing. You've been great. It's been exciting to talk to you. You're fascinating. And um, that's it. Thank you for coming on Habits and Hustle. Thank you. Take care. You're, you're welcome. Bye. Habits and Hustle. Time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind. Don't stop. Keep it going. Habits and Hustle from nothing into something. All out. Hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries. Tune in. You can get to know them. Be inspired. This is your moment. Excuses. We ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle podcast powered by Habit Nest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join podcast royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.